Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Good to see everybody today. In just a little bit, we will be baptizing some people at the end of this service, so please make sure and stick around because some people are making the plunge and going public uh, with their relationship with Jesus Christ over a change that has happened and occurred. And if you've never been to one of our plunge services, it is one of my absolute favorite things we do. Uh, we go crazy. We don't do this golf clap stuff. Man, this is about celebrating life change. They were lost and are now found. They were dead and now they are alive in Jesus Christ. And I said this in first service. I wasn't planning on it. But uh, man, the God we served last week is still the same God we served this week. Um, just because he, it was Easter last week, he's still risen. He's still alive and he still, man, conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so this morning we should be just as excited to worship him as we were last week. And I am so glad to see everybody here. Do you know, do you know that usually the Sunday after Easter is like the lowest attended Sunday in all the year? I want you guys to look around just for a second. Hey, this is a good looking crowd, man. This is awesome. Um, we are growing and found people are being, are finding people and you guys are, I mean, you guys are bringing people and we love it. And, and so if you have been coming in the last six months, we have an event happening next Sunday at Savastano's Pizza in Bixby at 5.30, we are having pizza with the pastors. The pizza will change your life. Um, if you've never had it, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I don't believe, it. there's a reason we don't do it at Mazio's. I'm not a Mazio, we, we will do good pizza. If you've been coming the last six months, hear me. We don't want to just be church leaders here. I don't want to be a talking head. I want to be your pastor. I want to know you. I want to put a name with your face. Our staff wants to know you and put a name to your face. The exciting thing is we've done a lot more of these than we've ever done before because we have a lot more people coming. We would love to have you come. You need to sign up now because space is limited. Please, 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 we would love to meet you. We don't need your firstborn child in order for you to come. You don't have to give blood. It's literally hanging out with us and us telling you our heart behind what's happening here at Foundations Church. I love what's happening in this church. I love what God is doing and to God be the glory for it all. The second thing is this. Um, All the parents in this place, whether you are a parent of an elementary age kid and your kid has a cell phone, your teenager has a cell phone, your college student has a cell phone, Um, our youth pastor is hosting, him and his wife, Michael and Aubrey Ballard, are hosting a night 
on May 3rd called Technical Difficulties. And it's gonna be right, the youth will be meeting here at seven o'clock. There will be worship in here. And then after that, our teenagers are going to their small groups and they are going to be hosting an event talking about technology and the difficulties of it and how to know what you need to know as a parent when it comes to their cell phones, their iPod, and everything else. Can I tell you, this is awesome that they are doing this. Um, I think every parent is like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I've told strangers about this, and they're like, I will be there. Um, we want you to invite your parent friends. We want you, because here's what I say all the time. You'll never get what you expect. You always get what you inspect. Um, and when it comes to technology, there's too many loopholes. You need to know what's going on. And we will probably be doing this once a year because by the time they do that this year, next year, all the technology will change and the rules will be different. And um, man, we just want to help. We, as pastors and as a church, we want to help partner with you. You don't have to be on an island alone. If you can't be here that night, we will be streaming this live on that Wednesday night so you can watch. Um, it'll go right to our YouTube channel, so make sure that you subscribe and you like because I really want to see a smooth, bald Bobby. Um, that's the guy's name. You're like, what are you talking about right now? Um, so, all that is going on. Um, I've got so much to cover. I don't know if we're, there's any way we're going to get to all of it um, with the time restraints we have because I'm not going to sit here and preach for 50 minutes. You're welcome. Um, but today we start a new series called Elephant in the Room. Elephant in the Room. And uh, it's talking about today we're going to talk about how do you deal with conflict? How do you handle conflict resolution? Because conflict is a part of your life. Next week, we're gonna talk about what do you do when you're the elephant, right? What do you do when you are the person causing the conflict and somebody has the guts and the courage to address it? Do you keep your feelings hurt for three months and never talk to them again? Do you unlike them on your Facebook? I mean, what do, what do you do? Um, and so this is gonna be a great series. It's a three-week series. The third week I'm keeping to myself. I'm holding it pretty close because um, it's gonna be really um, good and tense in here that third week talking about a big elephant in the room. Um, and I'm really, I'll, I'll tell you next week. So, but... If you're wondering what elephant in the room even means, I'm gonna give you a definition from the Urban Dictionary. Now, you need to be extremely careful when you get on Urban Dictionary. Let me, let me say, some of you are like, oh, I never knew there was a new dictionary. It's called Webster's Dictionary. No, these is, this is really people's opinions. And so, with that being said, be extremely careful as you proceed on Urban Dictionary. But as I was looking for def definitions for elephant in the room, this was the best one. It, it simply says this, a very large issue that everyone is acutely aware of, but nobody wants to talk about, right? I mean, it's pretty good. Perhaps a sore spot, perhaps pro politically incorrect, or perhaps a political hot potato. It's something that no one wants to touch with a 10-foot pole. I think that's a pretty great accurate description of elephant in the room. And I'm just gonna put a precursor here. We're gonna have fun and it's gonna get a little tense today. This whole series is gonna be a little tense that you're gonna wanna nudge your spouse. You're gonna wanna nudge your friend. You're gonna wanna like poke your kid or look at him and be like, He's, that's you. Don't do that. You're not gonna help your cause. 
address your elephant after this, okay? Let's, let's, let's agree to address the elephant afterwards. And, and men, don't call your wife an elephant, okay? Uh, don't be like, hey, I need to address you because you are my elephant, and it's not good. Um, but here's the truth. Nobody likes dealing with conflict. Nobody, nobody likes dealing with conflict. There are a few people that like dealing with conflicts, like lawyers, um, I found out. Um, but for the most part, 95% of our population does not enjoy dealing with conflict. But conflict's a part of life. Conflict's a part of relationships. And you and I, we gotta learn how to deal with conflict instead of just Avoiding conflict. There was a story that came out. I've been holding on to this story. I heard it on the radio driving um, from the gym to the church. It happened September of 2016. So I've been holding on to this story for a, a while about a man named Lawrence John Ripple. And in the fall, Ripple, we're going to call him Ripple, Ripple had a fight with his wife of 33 years, okay, over a broken dryer that she asked him to fix. And then things heated up, doesn't it always? I've asked you to, you know, things heated up, and this is when Ripple said, I'd rather be in jail than at home. Amen. It It seems Ripple is a man of his word because after the fight, he drove to the Brotherhood Bank and Trust in the Riverview neighborhood of Kansas City. He strolled in and handed the teller a demanding note, one that according to an FBI affidavit for his arrest obtained by the WPLG, he, he wrote out in front of his wife, I have a gun, give me money. Then he scrawled, the, the scrawled handwriting read. So the teller gathered $3,000 and handed it over to the bank robber. But he didn't rush out to a waiting getaway car. In fact, he didn't make, I love this story, he didn't make any attempt to escape whatsoever. Instead, he approached a chair in the bank's lobby and plopped himself down. (laughs) This is real. A presumably confused security guard approached the man who was still holding the $3,000 he had stolen from the bank not minutes earlier, and Ripple looked at him and stated the obvious, yeah, I'm I'm the guy you're looking for. He he told the guard, according to police documents obtained by the Kansas City Star, since they were stationed mere feet away, it didn't take long for police to arrive and take Ripple into custody. When they questioned Ripple, he said he no longer wanted to be in that situation, referring to his home life, and now he is not. (laughs) Can I tell you, let me tell you, there's a better way to deal with the elephant in the room than robbing a bank and going to jail, okay? If that is the way you're going to deal with conflict, that is not the solution. I hope, Mr. Ripple, you're watching online from prison. Hear me, I got some good news for you. It's not too late for you, buddy. Um, We're gonna talk about how to deal with the elephant in the room. And, And it says this in Joshua chapter one, verse six through seven. Joshua is getting ready to go into the promised land and take, and, and take hold of what God has had for the country of Israel for so long. The potential is getting ready to become a reality. And, and God knew what was ahead of Joshua. He knew there was going to be conflict. He knew there were going to be battles by other people, other nations that he was going to have to conquer. There were going to be conflict within his own tribe of the Israelites. And he says this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 
seven, which is, man, so paramount to what we're talking about today. God says, be strong and courageous, for you're the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. And can I tell you, man, you can have a heart for God, but if you're missing the courage of God, your potential is just going to stay that. It's gonna stay potential. It's not gonna become a reality. You and I, when it comes to the area and when it comes to addressing the elephant in the room, when it comes to dealing with conflict and having conflict resolution, we have to be strong and courageous. We can't follow our feelings. We can't follow our anxiety, but we've got to be strong and courageous. So how do you deal with your elephant in the room? Because we've all got them. Right, just if you don't have one yet, just wait till Thanksgiving or Christmas rolls around and your family comes, just, just wait. Just like I said last week, just keep living, baby. Just keep living. It, it's going to come around. And, and how do you deal with it? I've got three things today. If I don't get to them all, we'll put them on our FC at Midweek uh, YouTube channel. But the first one is this, and I love this point. I worked on this point a lot, and it is one of my favorite points of all time. Um, termed and coined, and you can tweet this out and call it your own. Um, but you've got to first saying, Lego your ego. Um, you got to Lego your ego. That's good. I don't care what you say. Lego my ego. You know, Lego, let go of your ego. What, 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 what do you mean by that, Justin, when it comes to conflict? What do you, what do you mean, Lego your ego? Let, let go of your ego, I see it's starting to stick now. You're like, I can't get this out of my brain now. Let go of your ego. Um, first thing is this, um, and, and I mean this in a loving way, but it's gonna come out harsh, but I'm trying to deal with the elephant, and sometimes you just gotta be real. Um, just don't be a jerk is the first thing. Can I tell you, conflict's tough without having the wrong attitude brought into it. Conflict is hard enough to deal with in a good with a good attitude, with the right words and the right spirit. But when you bring in a know-it-all attitude and your ego gets involved and you just wanna be right, you can be right, but you're wrong and you're gonna lose the argument, you're gonna lose what you're trying to resolve. There's gonna be no conflict resolution because your message isn't going to be received because your ego got into the way. You've gotta let go of your ego. Conflict resolution isn't about proving you are right. In fact, it says this in Ephesians chapter four, verses 14 through 15. Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and he says, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever they sound like the truth, which man, that's such a good verse in its own and I could spend all day on that. But verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Can I tell you the reason you address the elephant in the room is so that you can speak the true thing in love, and the hope is that resolving that conflict and addressing that elephant makes the person that you, or that conflict, or that issue that you are talking about, help that person become more like Christ instead of running away from Christ. 
And the only way that happens is if you don't just speak truth, but you do it in love. Listen, it, this, this, this is such a good verse because it's not about speaking your feelings. It's not about speaking your opinion. It's about speaking what's true. Not, not getting caught up in the moment, but speaking the truth in love. The only way you do that is if you let go of your ego. In fact, it says this, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You want your message to be received, you want to resolve the elephant, then let me tell you, humble yourself, come in low and easy and speak the truth and speak it in love. The second thing I would tell you is this, is don't outsource your elephant. Don't outsource your elephant. What I mean by this is a lot of us, we wanna do things that make us feel good. We only wanna do what makes us feel good and what makes others feel good. Why? Because that makes us feel good about ourselves. But in the process of only doing things that make you feel good, you miss out on doing and approaching things that actually do good. Can I tell you, that's the goal of conflict resolution, is to make and actually do things that bring good to your life, that bring good to your relationship inside the workplace. If you are an employer here, don't outsource every conflict resolution that you, I understand, you can't meet with everybody that is in and under your authority and supervision, but there are certain moments that you need to own the moment instead of handing it to somebody else because it's easier to do because you wanna be liked rather than be significant. Parents, can I tell you? Stop waiting for the counselors and the teachers to fix your kids at school. That's your elephant. Well, why don't these teachers get it straight now? Why don't they, no, 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 no. That's your conflict to resolve. You can't outsource being a parent. That's what God has you in that kid's life for. Kids. There's gonna be moments, we were talking about this last weekend with my dad, and um, there's gonna be moments where you have to have conflict resolution with your parents when you're grown. I, I would highly suggest don't try to have, a, don't try to address an elephant when you're 13, because it's not gonna go good. <laughs> Just telling you, that elephant will run over you. <laughs> I'll show you pain, um, I'll show you wrong. Um, but, but, but hear me. When you get grown and you start coming into your own, your parent still sees you as a 13-year-old, and they're trying to let you grow up, and there's gonna be moments where there's gonna be conflict resolution, and you have to speak the truth and love. You can't outsource it. For some of you, it's friends, and instead of talking to the friend, you talk to your other friends about that friend. You know where they're heading? You know the decisions they're making is really poor? You know they've talked about you and they hurt your feelings. So the easy thing is to talk about it with other people. The easy thing is to be the junior high kid that has his best friend go ask the girl out for him, right? That's not what God has called you to. Can I, can I tell you one more thing before I get going? Don't outsource your conflict by the way of texting someone or emailing someone. That's the sissy way out. I'm just gonna be real right now. Oh, you're real tough in your text. You can't talk to me like that, you know? Here's the deal. 
You can try to resolve a conflict, but because it's an issue and there's feelings involved and it's touchy, 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 it's touchy. You're like, where are we going with this sermon? Um, it's touchy and it's sensitive. You, man, people are gonna read into your tone via email and via text. You need to at least have the strength and the courage like Joshua. You gotta be strong and courageous at least to call him. But if you can do it, do it in person. It's always better. Don't outsource that moment of significance because what will happen is if you have the courage and the strength to deal with the conflict, you don't wanna miss the resolution that comes from that. There's a resolving and a healing moment that comes from that that you need to be present for with your kids, with your employee, with your friends, with your spouse. That you need to be there for that. Don't outsource your elephant. The second thing I would say to you today is this, the longer you avoid your elephant, the bigger it gets. The longer you avoid it, the bigger it gets. It, it's, it's really funny to me, but some of us, um, and, and as I've gotten older, I do a lot better with this. Some of us just want to avoid the conflict, and we're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, it just, maybe it's just my feelings, and it's not a bad thing to necessarily sleep on things and sleep, uh, figure some things out um, and, and try to not be so emotional about it, yes, but avoiding it altogether is not good because can I tell you what happens is that elephant in the room, that conflict, that issue grows, and it starts to consume you. It consumes what you think about when you wake up in the morning. It consumes you when you wake up in the middle of the night because it's stressing you out, and you're freaked out, and you're almost having panic attacks about it. You don't know what to do. It freaks you out when you're going to bed, and you can't fall asleep, and you can't eat. You're fearful, you're anxious, you're stressed. Are any of you feeling that right now as I'm even talking about it? You're like, shut up. You're stressing me out right now. See, even the baby did. <laughs> there's, no, there's no age limit on this. We, this is what a lot of us do. We, we put it off. We just, uh, if I can just kind of pretend that it doesn't, but the longer you avoid it, the bigger it gets and the more it consumes you. And, and here's the truth. For some of us, we've been great at addressing issues in our professional life, and our work life, but we're really bad about handling conflict, about addressing the elephant in the room in our personal life, with our friends, with our family. Can I tell you, you're not alone. You look at King David. King David had no problems with conflict as long as it was outside of his home. King David, man, he could, he, could, he could address the giant on the other side of the valley. You know, he, no problem. I'm not, everybody else is running away from the elephant. I'm, I'm, I'm not avoiding this. I'm coming after you. You know, he had no problem taking down other kingdoms. He had no problems, you know, uh, conquering other nations. No, no, no problem, no issues. But when it came to his home, when it came to his kids, he was a disaster. And nobody talks about it. And nobody, he, he avoided the elephant and, and just wanted to go away magically. But, but check out this verse in this story in 2 Samuel 13, verse 14 through 12, 22, excuse me. You're like, how are we going backwards? Um, 14 through 22. Let me set this up because it's a really disturbing story. David has several sons, several wives. It's all messed up. It's all just crazy. Um, and his oldest son, Amnon, has the hots 
for his stepsister, Tamara. I know, gross, right? And you're like, ugh. Um, got the hots for his stepsister. And, and he's burning with passion, and so one of Amnon's cousins comes and advises him of how he can sleep with his sister. And instead of sleeping with his sister, he ends up raping his sister, and that's where we pick up. Stick with me. 2 Samuel 13, verse 14, but Amnon wouldn't listen to her, talking about Tamara, and since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then suddenly Amnon's love turned to hate, and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamara, Tamara cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me, but Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servant and demanded, throw this woman out and lock the door behind her. So the servant put her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long and beautiful robe as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamara tore her robe and put ashes on her head and then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Her brother Absalom saw her. And asked, is it true Amnon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now, since he's your brother. Don't you worry about it. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. One of the saddest verses I've ever read. And when King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, he hated Amnon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. Listen to this. When King David heard what happened, he was angry, but he never acted. He never addressed the issue with Amnon. That's insane as a dad. And I'm reading this. I'm like, how, how, how do you? He refused to address the elephant in the room. He refused to deal with conflict. And can I tell you where conflict is absent, damage is always present. It's damaging relationships. It's damaging other people's potential. And because conflict resolution was absent in the home of David, it ruined Tamar's life. She lived as a desolate, lonely woman in her brother Absalom's house. But it didn't just stop there. It wasn't just an effect that it had on Tamar, but also you had Absalom. This led, Absalom held this grudge for two years. He knew what his brother had done and he planned on getting back at him for two years. And he invited his brothers to come while he was shearing his sheep and he threw this party and he got Amnon to come and Absalom killed Amnon when he came to his house and a rumor hit David's castle that your sons have all been killed by Absalom and another servant follows up and is like, that's not true. Absalom just killed Amnon and all of a sudden Absalom's running for his life because he knows his, his dad's going to want to punish him or throw him in jail or kill him. I, I don't know what the degree of punishment was and then there's a mediator between Absalom and David so that David so Absalom can come and live in Jerusalem Jerusalem, but David will never meet with Absalom. And eventually, all this leads to Absalom trying to overthrow his father and create a coup in Israel, in Jerusalem. And you look, how did it get to this point? How did you lose? Because Absalom ends up being dead himself, gets killed in the attempt to overthrow his father. How do you lose two sons and your daughter is living as a lonely, desolate woman? Simple. You avoid the elephant. You avoid the conflict. And hear me, 
You can't wish your conflict away. It doesn't work. You can't just wish it away and hope it gets better. It doesn't work that way. You've gotta be strong and courageous. You can't be led in your self nature. You gotta be led by your spirit-led nature. In fact, the next series we're gonna do is called A Spirit-Led Life. And not in a weird way, but how do you live this life out walking with the Holy Spirit through life? How, how is that accomplished? We're gonna talk about that. But man, you can't just operate on your own. You gotta be strong and courageous, a strength and a courage that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to address it. You've got to deal with the elephant because if you don't, it gets bigger and it wreaks more havoc in your life. Well, how do you do it? Because you told us all these things. How, how do you do it? The best way I can tell you to deal with it, um, the best way I can tell you to, to resolve conflict is simply this, have a Band-Aid approach to conflict. Have a Band-Aid approach to conflict. All of us know Band-Aids. You've used Band-Aids, and men, putting a Band-Aid on a man is worse than putting it on a woman. I'm just gonna tell you. This is one time, women, I know you've got the whole childbirth thing, but be with me just for a second here. When a man puts a Band-Aid on his arm or on his legs and it's hairy, it hurts. And you think it's funny, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. And, and here's the deal, my daughters are still at this place where when they go to take a Band-Aid off, they just barely take it off and I'm like, how, why, why? And they're like, it hurts. I'm like, rip it off. And they're like, no, that's gonna hurt, I'm scared. And I'm like, rip it off, I'm like, I, this makes me too nervous, just let me take it off slowly. And they're like, ow! And I'm looking at them going, ow! You know, I'm like, why, why are you doing this? You know, you're just like, ow! Just wanna yank it. And they'd be like, oh! but then it's over, right? You know, you know, just rip. If you're a long Band-Aid takeoffer, first off, throw your Band-Aid away because that's nasty, okay? Gross people. Anyways, um, but rip that thing off. And can I tell you, it's the same thing with conflict. Don't let it boil up, but get right to it. Stop everything else that's happening because, because here's the truth about conflict. It's never gonna happen when it's convenient for you. It's just the way conflict works. It's not gonna happen when it's convenient. You crazy? That'd be too convenient. But stop everything you're doing, deal with it then and there, and have the quick and awkward conversation that you need to have. Rip that Band-Aid off. Have the quick, man, Paul shows us how this is lived out. Paul shows us like what, we should be doing. In Galatians chapter two, verse 11 through 14, it says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. So here's Paul talking to Peter. Here is scripture for why you don't text it, why you don't email it, right here. But I, Paul, now Peter is like the king apostle at this point. He's the popular one. He's the one that, ever, and, and this is a big deal. But when Peter came to Antioch, I, Paul, talking to, I had to oppose him. I, Paul is my boy at this point. I'm like, Paul, you're the man. Because oppose sounds so like, I, like Gandalf or something. I, I had to oppose him, you know, to his face. For what he did 
was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He went to the cool table. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. And as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. Can I tell you, there's a fallout. And Paul had a quick, awkward conversation with Peter that led to restoration. But if there wasn't this awkward conversation, if there wasn't this opposing moment, who knows what would have happened. And if you're gonna lead others, hey, men, if you're gonna be the spiritual priest of your home, guess what, you're gonna have to conflict, have conflict with others. If you're gonna lead others, you're gonna have to confront others. It's part of it, I, I don't like it, but I do it because that's part of leading. That's why when we go back to the very first text that we read in Joshua, you gotta be strong, and you gotta be courageous. If you're gonna be the mom that you're supposed to be, man, you gotta you got deal with conflict. It's gonna be a part of your life. If you're going to be the person that God has created you at your workplace, if you're gonna be the student, if you're gonna be the friend, man, you gotta have quick and awkward conversations when that elephant arises and you gotta just rip it off and go for it. Some of you, you have friends, and I'm closing with this, I'm done. You have friends, man, have hurt you or they're going in a wrong direction. You, you, you see them making decisions that's hurting their lives and you're just like, I can't, I can't just, I don't know what to do. And so you know what most of us do, honestly? Nothing. It's true. We're just like, man, I, ho- I hope somebody, I, ho- I hope, I hope they get it straightened out. Well, that's not what you're put in their life for. Well, I, I hope that somebody tells them what to do. No, no, no. Don't hope that, don't outsource that elephant. Don't hope it away, let go of your ego, let go of that ego, and speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Anytime I speak on a topic, anytime I speak on a new sermon series, it's like um, I have to deal with that topic in my own personal life, which is not fun at all. Can I just tell you? Um, like sometimes I'm like, oh, here comes a marriage series and we're gonna have to do a lot of work. Um, and so uh, conflict, it, it's not fun. I hate conflict. I like making people laugh and having fun, but I also have a scripture on a post-it on my desk where Jesus says, your, your job is not to be popular, but true. And as a pastor, I try to live that out. As a dad, I try to live that out. And as a husband, I try to live that out. And this past week, Casey and I, wasn't a big deal, but there was an elephant, you know? I mean, sometimes we think elephants have to be huge things, but sometimes they're baby things that if not addressed, they turn into big things. And me and Casey had a small issue that I had, and here's the truth, I was wrong. I can say it. I got no problem saying the W word. I was wrong. It was on me. But for both of us, there was a misunderstanding. 
And in the process of talking about it, I would smile because I knew even as I was trying to describe what I was thinking, it was going to be taken wrong. And so I'd be like, I don't mean it the way it's gonna come out, but this is the only way I know to communicate it. And I mean, we talked 30 minutes and there was hurt feelings on her side. I'm like, that's not what I mean. And, and it, was, it was just, it was, it was delicate. But can I tell you, after about all the time went through and everything got resolved, and about an hour later, when emotions died down, we were a lot better because of it. There was something that we didn't let turn into an issue that was a problem. And there's a difference between having problems and issues. Issues are problems you just didn't deal with. Can I tell you, that's what I want as your pastor. And if you're gonna have that, you're gonna have to be strong and you're gonna have to be courageous and you're gonna have to lead yourself and lead others and lead your friendships and lead the way at work and decide to have a Band-Aid theology when it comes to conflict. And let this potential turn into reality because you've decided to be strong and courageous and speak the truth in love. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I pray, help us. Help us with this as we seek to serve you in all that we do. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, please, let's, let's keep this moment. If you're here and you say, Justin, you know what? I, I've got an issue. I've got an elephant in the room that I just am dreading and I am fearful, I am avoiding it, and I just need to be strong and courageous. I need the Lord to help me. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? You just say, Justin, yeah, that's me. Yeah, there's hands up all over the place. You say, Justin, that's, I've just got some issues I need to be strong and courageous about. Would you leave your hands up? Everybody's got their eyes closed. God, you see every hand that is lifted. You see every hand that is raised. And God, I pray right now that you would be their help. Lord, your word says that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And in some of us, we're just weak in this area and we need you to make us strong. We need you to make us mighty. Lord, to be able to just be the person you're calling us to be instead of who we've settled on being and to speak the truth in love. God, I pray that we wouldn't shuck our responsibilities. We wouldn't shrink back, that we wouldn't back away. But Lord, we would have a great attitude that we would check our ego at the door and that Lord, we would not allow an elephant to keep growing, but we would have a band-aid theology, a band-aid approach to conflict. And we would have the courage and we would have the love to have the quick and awkward conversation so that there's not issues and there's not follow-up happening in our lives and to the ones we love. God, I pray, help us in this area. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, you say, Justin, you know what? I'm here and I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you, man, you've been pretending for so long, wishing that you were in a better place, wishing and hoping and wishing and hoping. But that doesn't, that's not how it works, man. You gotta make a decision. This morning, if you're not where you need to be in your relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we wanna give you that chance. And when I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that's gonna be the best decision you've ever made in your life. One, two, 
three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me, and I just want to raise my hand. There's a change that needs to happen. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, this is me, man. This is my elephant, and I just need to get things right. Yeah, there's six. Is there anyone else? You join these six hands that are lifted in this place, and you say, Justin, there's there's just something I need to get right right now. Man, don't miss this moment. Don't keep playing games. You say, man, this is, this is a moment I need to get things right right and I need to come home. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Yeah, I see your hand in the very back. Is there anyone else who's joined these seven hands that are lifted? Man, if you raise your hand, if you're in this place or maybe you're at home watching online, please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these seven individuals a raise their hand, a huge round of applause, yeah. What an awesome, awesome, awesome moment. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.